Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. I do sit weird when we record, though. Yeah. Like, I project right. I find myself, like, I I don't know, like, I sit up (laughs) when I could just move the microphone to me. Yeah, it's very flexy. Flexible. Yeah. Flexible. Flexible. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. We're not about to do anything that requires words. No, of course not. Or knowing how to say them. I think also my boobs, like, touch the mic right here, you know? And I'm like, I feel like I'm hitting it. It's like, let me sit. Negative boob. <laughs> Phone to do not disturb. <laughs> Boobs to, to negative. negative. <laughs> exactly. Charm to a thousand. And let's go. <laughs> get it going. <laughs> oh my god. Let's let's do get it going. Yeah. Let's let's go. This is a podcast that you're listening to, which means you're listening to us two idiots. Uh, yip, yap, yammer, and y'all. Y'all. <laughs> no, wait, that's what a plane does. <laughs> you're We're... listening to Meat Wedge and Bucket Snake in the morning. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe you're in the morning. We're never here in the morning. No, that would be impossible. It would be bad. Yeah. Yeah. Not be, not be a good time. Anyway, it's called Replay Rewind. I'm Meat Wedge. I'm Bucket Snake. And this is the theme episode of the month. So if you don't know, every month what we do is pick a movie that came out in the year 2000 or before that was made for children. And in the weeks leading up to the last episode of the month, we talk about the history that was going on in the world when the movie came out. We talk about what's going on pop culture wise. And then we pick a theme that kind of ties into the movie and we talk about that. And so because this month is... (laughs) February. It's the month of love. We decided to do Swan Princess. And so for the theme, we're talking about kidnapping. Yes. And in order to make it not too super sad, yeah. I tried to find some lighter <laughs> stories about kidnapping. Sure. Which At I- least ones that had semi-happy endings. I think it's so funny. I just realized that last February we did Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Oh, man. Does and not feel like that our was a whole theme year ago. For that was Stockholm syndrome. Oh God! So what is with <laughs> children's <laughs> movies being about kidnapping and Stockholm syndrome? I don't know. <laughs> That's the general theme That's of true. love. Fortunately, at least it's the bad guy who does the kidnapping in this movie. That's true, and not the love interest. Yeah. So that's a upgrade. Ooh. That's a bit improvement. I guess. I mean, we'll talk about the movie eventually, and you'll hear all my thoughts. That's next week. So this week we're talking about kidnapping, and because there are some super bummer kidnapping stories out there, I went with 
people who were already famous when they were kidnapped. Oh, rather than being made famous by being kidnapped? Yeah, yeah. rather than just like a child. Because yeah. there are a lot out there, you know, mm-hmm. that didn't end so well or that even though they came home. It's Eventually. Just, yeah. Yeah. Not it's, nice. It's too sad. It's too sad. So I was just, I went through ones that were a little more fun. They're still kind of sad and scary, but we'll get to it. <laughs> but it'll be fine. Yeah. So the first one, which this was news to me, Frank Sinatra Jr. Oh. Was kidnapped in 1963. So on December 8th, 1963, three men named Barry Keenan, Johnny Irwin, and Joe Amsler kidnapped a 19-year-old Frank Sinatra Jr. from his hotel room in Nevada. Okay. I have maybe a dumb question. Yeah. Is this the famous Frank? Or this is his son. His son. Okay. Yeah. You know how sometimes you find out that like the famous person was a junior the whole time and you didn't know? Yeah. Okay. But this is famous Frank's not famous son. Right. Okay. He was he was kind of famous. He was working on his own like Oh, okay. music career at the time. He yeah. was actually about to perform at this hotel. Oh. Which is like kind of hanging out in his room, dressing room type deal yeah. beforehand. Do you think when they advertised it they were like Frank Sinatra Jr. Not that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, Frank Sinatra Sr. was not 19 years old in 1963. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, it, it, you know, it's a fair question. Yeah. So Keenan pretended to deliver a package, and when Sinatra Jr.'s friend answered the door, Keenan and Ampsler went in, tied mm. up Sinatra's friend, and then hustled Frank Sinatra Jr. out the back door into a car that was sitting there waiting. Yeah. Apparently, they didn't type his friend very well because he freed himself fairly quickly and told authorities what had happened with enough time that police were alerted and set up a roadblock. Oh. But even though these guys with Frank Sinatra Jr. seemingly in the trunk were stopped by police and talked to them, they managed to bluff their way through and they drove on to Los Angeles. What? I know. They were just like, hey, have you guys kidnapped anyone today? And they were like, absolutely not, sir. No, officer. (laughs) Do we look like kidnappers? I know we're a little sweaty, but we were just playing tennis. (laughs) Playing the drums. So, yeah, they just drove on through, huh? Yeah. Crossed state lines into California and into Los Angeles. So the FBI got involved, like, immediately. Yeah. And told Frank Sinatra Sr., just pay the ransom, we'll trace the money, we'll catch them that way. The kidnappers asked for $240,000, which is just a strange number to me. I guess it's it's divisible by three. Maybe they just wanted to buy a house. That seems like a house price. (laughs) I know, not in 63. We have a a specific thing in mind that we're looking for. We're going to sign the papers, like, next week, and we just really need the money. We told them we could pay it in cash. Yeah, so... We don't have it. <laughs> Frank Sinatra offered them a million dollars, but they're like, no, no. The 240000 is enough. Thank you. They're like, we don't want to change <laughs> ourselves too <laughs> yeah, much. I'm afraid of who I'll become with a million dollars. Yeah, you know, I, the, I don't really uh, know who my friends are anymore. Yeah. If I have that much money. You Can't know. even do the kind of math required to divide a million <laughs> by three. <laughs> they just they have a million dollars are sitting on the ground. They're going one for me, one for you, one for you, one for that me. It would take so long. You. <laughs> so they're like, no, 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 no. Don't complicate it. We already we, yeah, you know, we debated long and hard and settled on this two forty. Okay, don't make it worse. We won't give him back if you give us too much money. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Two days later, on December 10th, they instructed Sinatra Sr. to put the money in a suitcase and leave it between two parked buses. So it was mm. like a place they'd already scoped out. Yeah. Walk between these buses, set the suitcase down, walk away. When we get it, we'll return your son. I do think maybe that they were like, a million dollars is too many suitcases oh, to yeah. carry. You know, like, but you could have been like, uh, We just... measured out how much fits in a suitcase. Yeah, well, because they... The FBI did take a picture of it, and it's just yeah. this one suitcase with all these bills like huh. stacked up in it. But I don't—I mean, I don't think your average criminal is going to be like, "Well, if I'm carrying, and you're, we'd have to get a bigger car." <laughs> so I don't know if that was what it was, but it's just like maybe they were just like too suspicious, yeah, yeah, or something, or maybe they're like, for two hundred forty thousand dollars, maybe you won't come after us because it's not that much. Yeah, it's chump change. You're yeah. Sinatra, yeah. you know, like yeah, who knows? So but, strange. So they did. They left this money early morning, December 11th, right where they asked them to. And while the two men, Keenan and Amsler, were picking up the money, their third accomplice, Johnny Irwin, got nervous and just let him go anyway before he even knew that they had the money. He was just like, just get out of here. I don't like being alone with you. You're too charismatic. (laughs) Quit singing at me. So then... Frank Sinatra Jr. found a security guard and told him what had happened. And the security guard was like, I'll take you to your mom's house. Put him in the trunk of his car. Oh, my God. To avoid press, which I feel like I would be like, I'm not. I can't. Please don't put me in a trunk. Is this part of the plot now? You know, like involved somehow. But God, what if that security guard was like, now I'm going to get (laughs) $240,000. Turns out you can just kidnap a guy. But I mean, just lay down in the back seat. You know, what are you going to get in the trunk for? Unless he, at that point, he was like, actually, really enjoy being in trunks of cars. Yeah, it's very cozy. Who knows? Um, But the men were found pretty quickly after because Irwin confessed to his brother what they had done. Irwin. And some, I know, he's just a nervous, a nervous guy. Like, who brought this guy? It's like that Dane Cook bit where he's like, there's always a guy that they bring in. There's like, he's cool. He's tight and he can do it and he's cool, but he's not cool. Yeah. This guy, he's not cool. No. He's too nervous. They should have left him at home. They didn't need him. Just one 19-year-old crooner. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Easily dispatched. (laughs) <laughs> Some people thought it was a publicity stunt that Sinatra Jr. had oh. made up himself to like drum up a little bit of interest in him. But the FBI were like, no, we have enough evidence to prove that he had nothing to do with it. Yeah. Including a confession that Keenan had written before they committed the kidnapping and put in a safety deposit box in a bank. And it's like, why were you? <laughs> You guys were wanting... You just wanted people to know that you did it? Yeah. Like, I two guess of the three of you are like... If they thought, we'll get this money and then we'll disappear, and then it'll be like, oh, that guy, he was so clever. Maybe... Is the D.B. Cooper thing before or after this? Oh, I don't know. I think Maybe before. he was just like, I hate that mystery, and I hate that people have to live with it forever. Yeah. So I will leave an answer somewhere. Yeah. I'll let you know. <laughs> Once I'm safely away i have no idea all of it a lot of baffling decisions yeah for sure but the most endearing thing about all of it to me i think is that Mm -hmm. the kidnappers demanded all the communication be done through payphones. yeah and frank sinatra senior was worried he wouldn't have enough change to make phone calls or receive phone calls so he started carrying around 10 dimes in his pocket all the time even after his son was safely returned for the rest of his life he carried 10 dimes in his pocket to the point where when he died, they buried him with 10 dimes, which I just think is really cute. That is cute. He was like, I'm ready for forever. That's sweet. I know. 
wonder if they have payphones in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so. I think Frank Sinatra did some things that were, you know, he was kind of like a, a little bit of a bastard man sometimes. Yeah, I really don't know that much about him. But then he also did some really cool things like yeah. that. And like when we talked about a couple weeks ago, you know, where he was like, I don't remember who it was, but he was like, if that black guy doesn't get to eat yeah. here with me, I'm not, you know, yeah. just like sticking his neck out when he didn't have to. And right. Like, I don't know. So I don't know if he was nice to his wife or whatever, but uh, I, yeah, I don't know. But there's people some are complicated. Like, hey, man, they can have cool. good things and bad things. Exactly. This next guy, though, seems to be 100% a bastard man. Oh, right. So we're going to talk about John Paul Getty III. I don't who know. originally was born with a different name and then later started going by John Paul Getty III. I don't know. doesn't hmm. make any sense. You probably have heard the story. So okay. John Paul Getty III was the grandson of J. Paul Getty, who was an oil tycoon and at one point was the richest man in the world, which is starting off gross. Oil, gross. Richest dude in the world, also gross. Yeah. Ew. When John Paul Getty III was about 16, he's like wild living this fun bohemian lifestyle with his girlfriend. And he was like, we don't have any money, but you know who does? My grandfather. Uh. Wouldn't it be fun if we talked to some dudes, had them kidnap me for money, mm. extort some money out of old grandpa. Right. We don't have to get jobs. And his girlfriend was like, I guess. You could just ask. <laughs> well, I think he tried that first. And oh, his okay. grandpa was like, hell no yeah but then the two of them got some modeling jobs and they were like that was silly we don't need to do that let's not yeah we're good we're making money yeah it's fine that's like me every time when work is slow i'm like maybe i'll get a second job yeah and i like start applying to things and then i'm like wait no that's silly i'm not gonna do that maybe i'll sell an egg (laughs) a chicken egg (laughs) no (laughs) not a big market for those yeah but then you're like oh i got paid and i'm fine yeah that's fine yeah. No, they decided, you know what? We're making money. It's fine. We don't need to actually do that. That was just, you know, it was a silly thing that 16-year-olds talk about. Right. Yeah. Whatever. What if? Uh, the kidnappers they had been kind of talking to, though, decided they actually liked that plan a lot and they were going to go through with it anyway. Yeah, but So they kidnapped him in July of 1973. And then his father, John Paul Getty II, asked the original john paul getty Mm. for the 17 million dollars that they were demanding which again does no one care about round numbers how do they pick the amount why they got a budget million they got a budget set out they're like here's the things we want and we really don't need a lot extra yeah why not he's the richest man in the world go for 20 right it just doesn't make any sense you know they're gonna how do you land on 17 i don't know yes for 20 you expect 15 you know like come on get yeah you get talked down I have no idea. But anyway, it doesn't matter because J. Paul Getty said, hell no. <laughs> he said, I've got 13 other grandchildren. If I give in to these guys, it's going to give all these other people ideas. I could kidnap any one of J. Paul Getty's grandchildren and get $17 million. So he said, fuck no, figure it out. Okay, that's fair. I mean, he's got a point, but also like, damn, dude. Meanwhile, Getty 3 is going through it. They're not being very nice to him. Frank Sinatra, it seemed like, had a really nice, not a nice time, but like two He's days fine. hanging out with these dudes yeah. in a house, whatever. One of them's nervous. Right. Every five minutes is probably like, do you want to go? Yeah. Do you want uh, <laughs> a sandwich? I'm sorry. We just want the money. These guys, they were not nice. First off, yeah. they were holding him in a cave. Oh. 
they were tormenting him physically and psychologically. He had like found a bird that he was keeping as a pet and they killed it. There was like, they took away his radio. So he was just like alone in the silence. And then they started playing Russian roulette against his head, which is awful. Yeah. But also if he dies, you get nothing. Why would you do that? (sighs) You're just dumb. Anyway, they're just trying to scare him, I guess. (laughs) 17 million. Uh, Random number. Maybe we'll kill him. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) It's my first time. I don't really know what I'm doing. We just picked a number and maybe he'll die. (laughs) (laughs) So in November of 1973, meaning he'd been living in that cave for four months at this point. Jesus Christ. Kidnapper sent a lock of his hair and one of his severed ears to a daily newspaper saying, this is Paul's first ear. If within 10 days the family still believes that this is a joke mounted by him, then the other ear will arrive. In other words, he will arrive in little bits, which is fucked up. Yeah. They also lowered their ransom demand to 3.2 million. Yeah. We'll take If not three. 17, what about 3.2? Okay. I, ju- I just don't get it. So then J. Paul Getty, the original, finally decided, okay, yes, I will pay this. Sure. Except I'm only going to pay 2.2 because that's what's tax deductible. And my son, John Paul Getty II, can borrow the other million dollars from me and then pay it back with 4% interest. Well, you don't get rich from being nice, I guess. I guess fucking not. <laughs> so that's what they did. They paid the ransom and they let him go on December 15th. So five months after he had been kidnapped. And his mom went and picked him up and then was like, hey, you should call your grandfather to thank him for paying the ransom. And he did. And his grandfather didn't pick, like, refused to come to the phone. What the fuck? I know. It's just like, what a fucking dillweed. They did. They made a movie about him fairly recently. It was the one that Kevin Spacey was supposed to play him. And then all that shit came out about Kevin Spacey and they replaced him with Christopher Plummer. Oh, yeah. That's about him. Oh. Yeah. It's fucking wild. Also, I see here. The Getty Museum is named after that guy. It's his museum. Yeah, I didn't know unfortunately. that. Mm-hmm. It's I've been there. It's a really good museum. I know. It's really nice. <laughs> I per- like. I usually don't know what to do in art museums. I'm I know. just kind of like, yeah, there's a lot. There's, I know. Because every time we go on a road trip, I'm like, oh, there's a cool museum here. And Meat Wedge is like, meh. I mean, I'll do it, but I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. You look yeah, at okay. stuff and you go, well, that's cool. This museum, very cool. Because yeah, really even like, like the architecture is very purposefully designed there's like you know the straight lines follow like Mm -hmm. the lines it's just really cool and you can see the whole city yeah and all of the gardens are really nice yeah yeah it's yeah so it's the get it's the j paul getty museum it's his he had like a huge collection of art and so when he like was getting older and died he like passed it all on you know donated it to this museum um well, yeah we have that magnet on our fridge and i'm gonna scratch his name out now yeah fuck you <laughs> you asshole you oil tycoon that's fucked up couldn't even get your own grandson back i know it is really fucked up and unfortunately john paul getty the third i mean he just never really recovered from this he, i'm sure i wouldn't either because like when they cut off his ear it got yeah. infected Aww. and they just kept giving him brandy so that he so it, like, wouldn't hurt as much. And so he was just, like, you know, suffered from alcoholism for the yeah. rest of his life. And, like, you know, Damn. I don't know. It was just yeah. kind of nasty. So It's sad. That's sad. It is. I mean, you know, it's stupid that he was like, oh, let's, you know, stage a kidnapping so that we'll get money. But he was 16. Right. He was 16 and dumb and, you 16 know. 16-year-olds do dumb shit and they don't deserve to be punished for it for the rest of their life. Yeah. And he didn't go through with it. It was just like an idea that he had. I know. So. 
Anyway. Yeah. Nasty. Fucked up. Mr. Getty. Mr. Getty. The original. Mr. Spaghetti. <laughs> That'll teach him. He's very dead. But anyway. <laughs> so then next, of course, like we talked about last year. Yeah. Which hopefully we don't make this. An annual tradition, but we're talking about Patricia Hurst, who apparently likes to be called Patricia and not Patty, which I understand. Okay, sure. Wanting to maybe distance yourself from Patricia, you know, Uh, or maybe it's like famed baseball player, Henry Aaron, whom everyone his entire career called Hank. And he was like, I really don't like that. (gasps) That's so annoying. I know. I think that had a little bit to do with the fact that he was black, though, and people like, we don't care about your opinions or your feelings yeah you're You're lucky we let you play baseball that was the guy we talked about him in the sandlot he got like all those death threats they like hired a person just to read his mail because he got so much mail because he broke babe ruth's record so oh yeah i remember that i mean i know who hank aaron is yeah i forgot that that poor guy that guy i know so henry aaron and patricia hurst because people deserve to be called the name they want to be called well, except, except for Jay for Paul Spaghetti. <laughs> except for Dennis Rader. Well, Forever that's, that's not a Rader. name. That's his stupid ass nickname. That's different. Yeah, when you're a murdering psychopath, it's a little bit different. You don't get to be. You're not. No, you're Dennis Rader. <laughs> so anyway. Anyway. It's just another case of kidnap the famous guy's grandchild. Because yeah. the Symbionese Liberation Army, better known as the SLA, Decided to kidnap the granddaughter of William Randolph Hearst, mm-hmm. who had created the world's largest media company, Hearst Communications, had a ton of money, a bunch of influence. And they were like, okay, the year before, two of their dudes, two of the SLA's dudes, had been arrested for murder, mm-hmm. which is like, that's a crime. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can't just murder. You can't just do that. Yeah. If but it they was wanted like, them they were released. just selling weed. Right. Then, okay. Right. <laughs> But they murdered. They murdered a guy <laughs> with cyanide-laced bullets. Oh. So, like, a particularly nasty death. Ugh. Yeah. But they're like, we want those guys back. So we're going to kidnap somebody. And mm. they picked Patricia because she lived close to where they hung out. They're like, oh, there she is. <laughs> so they just snatched her up. Jesus. I know. So wrong place, wrong time. So the state refused to release their two dudes, which, yeah. again, it's fair. Yeah. So they said, okay, if you're not going to release our friends, we want the Hearst family to donate $70 worth of food to every Californian in need. Any, like, you know, hungry or homeless person in California. Sure. $70 worth of food, which it's a big request, but a nice one. It is. I mean, it doesn't really solve anything, though. It does not. That's not how you fix that. No, but I mean, from what I read about the SLA, it was just like, they didn't know what they were doing at all yeah. you know they were just like i don't know <laughs> blow something up right yeah make make a statement right that doesn't actually like let's let's institute some fucking standards or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like, set up a program yeah. rather than just giving people thing you know yeah let's set up some because that's so anyway. just uh, that that 70 dollars ends and then what you know exactly yeah um, and also, it would have cost the Hearsts about $400 million. So it's like, 
it makes more, you know, yeah. do something that's long term for everybody. You guys are still making money. So do something where you put that money back in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's better than like, hey, release our murderer friends. I don't know. <laughs> I do so, love that they were like, my murderer friend. Okay, my hungry friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it was worth the shot. Yeah. So Patricia Hearst's father got a loan immediately and donated $2 million worth of food for the next year in this program that he called People in Need. Yeah. Very creative. Sure. But apparently the distribution of the food itself quickly descended into chaos. And so the SLA was like, not good enough. We're not giving her back. We're keeping her. Just like, come on. Huh. You, (laughs) we did. I mean, we kind of did what you said. Asked. We're, we're trying. We're trying a little, but we did something immediately, which yeah. is nice, you know. And I that don't does know. remind me of um, I was watching ah fuck Anthony Bourdain's show, yeah, No Reservations, where he's like traveling around. Is that what it's called? It's one of his shows. Yeah, I don't know the one where he goes to different countries and he's like, look how good this food is. I think it's that one. Okay, he's somewhere like with a high poverty rate. Yeah, he really absorbed this information. I can't remember what country it was in, okay? (laughs) But I remember the lesson that I learned, which was... that's the important part. They went to eat... Their crew went to eat food from this woman who had, like, a food tent, basically. Mm -hmm. Because all of the food was, like, just little tents around the city. Yeah. And they were like, this is really good. And they noticed that there were a lot of people just kind of hanging around who were hungry, but, like, didn't have money for food. Yeah. So they were like, we have the money. Let's just buy out this woman's food for the day she'll make a bunch of money and these people will get to eat but then it caused like a little like riot yeah because there still wasn't enough food for everyone right and then like the distribution of it became a fight you know and it's like those measures are like a nice thought right but aren't gonna really solve anything right which is you know yeah you have to put plans into action that are long term yeah and helpful, not just like, here's some food. Like, yeah. cool, but what about... Right. To feed a man a fish, fish for a day is the man. <laughs> <laughs> Turn a man into a fish. <laughs> he can just eat bugs. Yeah. Wait. Fish food. He's still got to find food. Fish food. Oh. And now he doesn't have thumbs. Oh, God <laughs> damn it. Anyway. Anyway. So, according to Patricia's testimony, she said she was kept in a closet for a week, blindfolded, just like... Just hanging out. Straight, you know, for a week. And then after a week, they were like, okay, you can come hang out with us to eat. You gotta stay blindfolded, but you can come sit with us. And then they started letting her, like, participate in group political discussions. And then the leader, whose last name was DeFreeze... That's a Batman villain. Right. She said was constantly threatening her with death. And then was like, well, uh, but maybe we'll keep you. Maybe you can just join up with our group. And she yeah. was like, hmm, <laughs> which do I do? Cake or death. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so they did let her join up. And after a couple of months of capture, most of it spent living in a closet. The SLA released a tape with Patricia's voice saying she was joining the SLA and adopting the name Tanya. Okay. And a couple weeks later, she participated in a bank robbery. You know, there's, like, footage of her holding a gun. Yeah. But some people who were there said, you know, she was doing it of her own free will. She's having a great time. She's yelling at everybody, you know, participating. And then other witnesses were like, no, the other SLA members had their guns trained on her mm-hmm. the whole time. You know, yeah. like, I don't think she would have done it. Right. If, if she didn't she have wasn't to. under threat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then later that year, she 
shot at a manager of a sporting goods store because he confronted another SLA member over shoplifting. And then over the next couple of years, she remained with the SLA and participated in the abduction of a couple of people, the attempted murder of police officers using IEDs and some bank robberies. So she was there for a couple of years. Yeah. And then she finally got arrested in 1975 and she listed her occupation as urban gorilla. Oh, nice. And said, quote, tell everybody that I'm smiling, that I feel free and strong and I send my greetings and love to all the sisters and brothers out there. But at the time of her arrest... She was 87 pounds lighter than when she had been kidnapped. Yeah. Like two years previously. And a psychologist who evaluated her named Margaret Singer said she was a low IQ, low affect zombie. Yeah. I remember talking about this in the Stockholm Syndrome episode of like how, you know, she's just in survival mode. Right. For so long. Yeah. You just get stuck. Your brain forgets. The other things that it used to know because you're like, nope, just living. Thank you. Yeah. And that's what they said. You know, she had a bunch of chunks of like memory of her life before the SLA were just missing. Yeah. And then, you know, of course, she went to trial, which essentially boiled down to like her lawyer being like she was under coercion. She was under threat of death. These people would not let her go. And then other people, the other lawyer saying, no, she did. She wanted to be there. She could have left at any time. She had all these opportunities to leave and she didn't. Yeah. We've got her diary. You know, she's talking about what a great time she's having. And <laughs> she was like, they read it when I was done. I would write stuff down and they would read it. And then yeah. they would punch me in the face if I wrote things I didn't Aww, like, you know, like yeah. she was like, I wasn't. So a lot of uh, back and forth. She was ultimately sentenced to 35 years imprisonment for the armed robbery of the bank. Damn. But reading like just a little bit of the trial that I did read, the judge that was there apparently like several times would be like resting his eyes during like her testimony or people test you know testifying on her behalf or whatever and just wouldn't you know let them right let them play you know audio that the sla had taken of her talking about this and that and their beliefs and stuff like that but wouldn't let any of the audio from the interviews she had with psychologists in as evidence you know when later when she was like yeah "Yeah, what did all that because I had to, you know. So it just really did not give her yeah. a fair all. trial. A fair yeah. trial, yeah. Fortunately for her, she only served 22 months because President Jimmy Carter commuted her sentence. And then on President Bill Clinton's last day in office, he gave her a full pardon. Oh. But that wasn't until 2001, so. Yeah. But she didn't have to spend That's good. too much time in prison, which is yeah. good. Yeah, yes. after already being right. a prisoner for years. Right. And also, like, it's just, I know we don't have to get on a soapbox about it, but for the armed robbery at the bank, the bank is fine. Right. You're you're mad about money. Yeah. You don't actually care about this woman. Right. You're just worried about protecting literal, yeah. like, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's more of a crime that she, like, shot at that dude. Right, yeah. But, like, yeah, the armed robbery at the bank was, I guess, because they had her on video right, you know they could cares? prove it was her right no it's not that it shouldn't be a crime to rob a bank right but it's also like but if that's what you're actually sentencing her for as the rob is the bank robbery and not like yeah shooting at someone or right you know the improvised explosive devices right you know it's like the bank oh uh, no they made my money <laughs> my insured money like shut up <laughs> right. judge was like my money's in there fine yeah absolutely uh stupid and like we said on the stockholm syndrome episode i don't think that it's a real thing right i think that your brain goes into survival mode yeah 
You're not because the the idea of Stockholm syndrome is like, oh, you're being convinced that you know you agree with. Yeah, this. you love them. Yeah, you're you're you in love with them. them. No, no, you're surviving. Yeah, and you're told over and over again, we know where you live, we know who you are, we'll kill yeah. your family. You know, right. you, you'll never escape. Yeah, and when you do spend so much time in such a small space surrounded by like the same ideals over and over again you kind of you, i'm sure you forget yeah that there's more world out there yeah you know absolutely anyway i'm glad that she made it out me too so now i just got two more these are a little bit short because they were more from listicles i couldn't find like full-on articles about them but they were interesting so okay. i'm putting them in here in 2004 benedict cumberbatch was well, filming a television show in what? south africa i've never heard about this me either he had like a weekend off so two he and two of his co-stars went and learned how to scuba dive okay. and then on their way back they blew a tire on this road that he was like it was notorious for robberies it was a bad place to be but yeah. he was like, we were just driving back everything was fine south africa is dangerous right I was like, but then we blew a tire, so we had to pull over, and we went to put the spare on, but then and we had to pull all of our luggage out to get to it. He was like, we were just sitting ducks, you know, like, absolutely yeah. in the worst possible position. And then they were approached by six armed gunmen who, like, were showed up, and they were like, where are your drugs? Where are your money? You know, going through all their shit. Yeah. And he says they, the guys tied them up with their own shoelaces and then, like, put them all in the backseat of the car and drove off with them. But then he complained that the restraints were making him lose feeling in his hands, so they put him in the trunk, which is like, oh it's God. not funny. It's funny because he's fine. But th- he was just like annoyed them into they're like, okay, <laughs> you um, can go in the trunk, actually. <laughs> sirs, my hands. Shut up. <laughs> so it's just complaining so much that they're like, just put him in the I trunk. I know, like, I don't want to listen to this guy anymore. His accent is grating. Right. <laughs> it's not. I, I like Benedict. No, he's lovely. Yeah. And this shouldn't happen to anybody and shouldn't happen to him. But it, it just is kind of funny that he they put him in the trunk because he was complaining too much. <laughs> he annoyed them. <laughs> yeah. Um. So after about two and a half hours, their attackers left them on the side of the road. They did pull him out of the trunk and they just yeah. kind of left them all sitting there because they'd gotten all their cash and their bank cards, I guess, and went to an ATM and they were like, all right, we're done with you. Which is, I guess, nice that they didn't kill them, but and then they were finally able to call for help. But still, like, what a harrowing experience! Yeah, and he was like, as cliche as it sounds, afterwards, I was just like, I want to, I want to do everything. I want to jump in the ocean. I want to, yeah, you know, experience life. I was afraid that that was it. You know, you never get to do anything again. And then this last one, speaking of things I did not know ever happened, uh, when Jessica Alba was fourteen and was filming Flipper. Oh, didn't even know she was in Flipper. I didn't either. She kept getting strange phone calls while she was on the set. And then one day after shooting, she went missing. (gasps) And 14 hours later, they found her tied up and gagged in the trunk of a car. But she had like no more. And she was like, I couldn't tell you who did it. I don't know, you know, who was calling me. I don't know anything. And so they just couldn't pursue anything because she had no additional information. And she just doesn't talk about it. And that's the end of that. What? (laughs) I know. Like, excuse me? That is wild. I know. Poor Jessica. Right? Just a, she's just a baby. Yeah. Well, she's 14, but still. That's a baby. That's a baby. Aww. I know. I was just feeling bad because I didn't call J. Paul Getty III a baby, and he was 16. He well, was just a baby, too. He was. Don't kidnap the children. 
I feel like 14, even though it's like, that's a teenager. You're like, no, that's a baby. A 16-year-old can be a teenager. Yeah. In my mind. Once you can start driving yourself around, but you like, know, you've got a little more responsibility. It's still like, like 16 to 22 as a teenager. <laughs> For sure. Anyway, I mean, that's it, that's all that I saw about that one. That's wild. And it, it doesn't seem like anybody demanded anything. They just took her and yeah. tied her up and left her. And then someone else found her. I don't know how they found her. I don't know. That's so weird. I don't know anything about it. But um, Maybe it was aliens. Yeah, maybe so. It was the Illuminati. They're like, we heard about that dolphin movie. We don't like it. <laughs> I hate dolphins. Yeah. Well, at least they didn't turn her into a dolphin. <laughs> Maybe they did. <laughs> Maybe they did. Yeah. All right. Well, what a joyous episode. Thank you for that. Yeah. For bringing all of this to us. You're welcome. I do love little stories like this, though. Yeah. It's very interesting. And it's not frogging. So I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. I'm not worth anything, so probably won't happen to me. I know. The older I get, the more I'm like, I'm like, ooh, less likely to get kidnapped. Yeah. (laughs) Nobody wants me. I'm safe. I ain't got shit. All right. Well. Maybe so. Um. Oh, I didn't mean to do that. Uh. Yeah. A week from today, I'm getting married. Yeah. And, uh. Yeah, a very, like, small, normal thing that happens all the time. Yeah, whatever. Nobody, are you still talking about that? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm very excited. Um, and y'all, but... y'all will hear all about it. Oh, absolutely. We should put out just a special Oh, we episode. should. On our just Patreon. That. <gasps> and we'll just talk about our weddings. Okay. That'd be cute. That would be cute. This is not that, though. So we're going to no, go. Not. We're going to leave. So that you guys can, I don't know, get back to your lives. So, don't get kidnapped. <laughs> thank you for listening. Please don't get kidnapped. <laughs> We don't have any money, so we can't help. We'll we'll put the we'll come looking for you. We'll put the call out on an episode, um, but they come out like weeks later. If you're a patron, we'll come looking for you. <laughs> yeah, if you're if you're part of the Patreon, but you know, otherwise, the irregular uh, regular ass shows. Yeah. I will I'll I'll make a phone call. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We love all of you, and we hope stay safe. Yes, you know, check your back seat when Ugh. you get in your car. Always, always. Um, and then in the meantime, if you want to talk to us, you can. Did you know Benedict Cumberbatch? Did anybody know that he got kidnapped? I want to know if you already knew that. You can yeah. talk to us on Instagram at Replay Rewind Podcast, or you can email us at Replay Rewind Podcast at gmail.com. You can send us a ransom note. Oh, yeah. I re- we need to get a P.O. box so that people can send us things. Yeah, that would be fun. Things. I would love to get an old fashioned cut out of magazine letters ransom note. Yes. Don't not kidnap anybody yeah not for anything scary just just that says like hey what's up yeah like your last your ransom note yeah <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice but yeah. i don't I'm not, I'm not giving you my address so that'll never happen anyway if you want to join our patreon to ensure that we will come looking for you if you get kidnapped yes that's patreon.com slash replay rewind podcast even if you don't get kidnapped there's lots of bonus episodes on there so it's a win-win really yeah we'll shout your name out on the show we'll mail you a sticker in the mail and yeah there's all kinds of goofy shit over there you should check it out yeah if you want to listen to our other episodes they're on all the platforms that still exist spotify uh amazon apple apple iheart radio iheart radio yeah i think google's gone citrus gone yep rip rip um if you don't want to commit to a patreon membership you can go to our coffee page ko-fi 
Facebook.com slash Replay Run Podcast. Buy some physical merch, buy individual bonus episodes. You want to hear our thoughts on Jurassic Park? Who doesn't want to hear our thoughts on that? Um, you know, those are over there. And if uh, contributing money isn't your thing, that's totally fine. We understand. We don't all have rich grandparents <laughs> to <laughs> ransom Patreon money from. So tell your friends. start a rich grandparents tier. We it's like a hundred thousand a month, just to see. Yeah, just see if anybody put your signs up. grandparents' card credit info. card information in there and see how long they'll let us. Yeah, uh, just tell your friends. Um, you know, like, like and subscribe, subscribe. Yep. review, give us a bunch of stars. Tell everybody you know. If you do get kidnapped, tell your kidnappers so they'll have something <laughs> to listen to while you're trapped in a cave. Can we listen in the car? Yeah, maybe, maybe they'll let you go. Maybe they'll like, oh, this is terrible. Your taste is terrible. This podcast is terrible. <laughs> or they'll be so grateful that you introduce them to something new and cool. They'll let you go. Yeah. That's yeah. what'll happen. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, for sure. You're welcome in advance. <laughs> in the meantime, stay fresh and safe, cheese bags. And don't forget to reduce, reuse, recycle, replay, rewind, and ransom. <laughs> Re ransom. <laughs>